what is up everybody welcome back to another edition of talk that smoke podcast i'm your host my name is worlds here and we got two very special people in the building looks like he's a new official co-host his name is kyle anthony no introductions man kyle doing his thing founder of rain multimedia executive producer of talk your shit cypher we're gonna get that show jumping really really soon and a special guest host for today had to appreciate you taking up the time to come and be on this podcast i am mxm academy keena joseph keena say what's up to the people man what's up what's up talk that smoke family um i'm so happy and grateful to be here on this call right now worlds is an amazing person an amazing individual that i was able to partner with and i'm just really glad that i'm able to just hop on this podcast and give you guys some information on how i feel you know real talk that's all we do here so he thought i was a real og i'm real authentic and transparent so that's what i'm gonna bring to you guys so yeah let's get started bro i'm happy thank you for having me yeah yeah no doubt no doubt always man always appreciate you showing love coming out supporting me and everything i do she was one of the first people that followed me uh, on instagram when i made the the page so yeah definitely let's get this thing started all right so first topic uh has been pretty much hitting the hip-hop news as of late is drake and and um kanye west it seem to be going a little bit of a beef at each other uh it's kind of funny now that they beefing when two of their albums are supposed to be dropping around right at the same time so a lot of people could be saying could this be a marketing scheme but we're gonna talk about that so guys don't know drake kanye beef right now um drake actually kind of threw a little subliminal shot at kanye on trippy red's new album um on the song betrayal pretty much said yay ain't changing shit for me it's set in stone um and you know that could be referring to how kanye's pretty much been waiting for drake to release certified lover boy so they kind of go head to head clash and clash album versus album um so we'll you know uh, we'll see how that's gonna go but what you guys thought about this and i am before i take it to you guys actually kanye took it a step further and he posted a group screenshot uh, on instagram i don't know if drake was in it but he added push the t and then he said this in the screenshot I live for I live for shit like this. I've been pushed by nerd ass uh, joke niggas like you before. Um, <laughs> it's just funny. I don't know why. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's pretty much saying you'll never you never recover. I promise you that. Pretty much saying you know coming after Drake. I don't know for what reason. But what do you guys think of this whole um, Drake Kanye beef? And also Kanye took it too far when he posted the man's actual home address and location on Instagram too. All that has been deleted. But you know that's just. So, but what do you guys think about that? What's your thoughts? Well, ladies first, huh? All right, I got okay, you. Go ahead, go ahead, Kina. You the guest. Go um, ahead. For me, you know, I did a lot of research. You know, I'm not really into the the celebrity biz because you know it's just like, yo, think about it. Celebrities, what they do is clout. You know what I'm saying? People, the masses, what they do is just just create beef and really just hey, hey, think about it. Two albums are about to drop. We got Kanye's Donda, Drake, Certified Lover Boy. Yeah, like, come on. It's, it's just, it feel like it's just kind of forced a little bit, but you know, I did a little background research and it's just like, if you really think about it, Drake really looked up to Kanye becoming a, um, starting out in his um, rapper career and they were friends, you know what I'm saying? Shouting each other out, you know, regarding their music, regarding each other coming up, you know, Kanye's been in the game for a minute and Drake just kind of thought he was an inspiration. And, you know, in 2009, when I saw it, he said that he was the most influential person as far as a musician that he ever heard in his life so in the beginning it was it was kumbaya but you know over time you know i kind of got this question like do we believe that in the beginning you know 
from Drake's come up that it led to disrespecting Kanye. You know, when you get into your head, you start to get famous, you start to be on top, you start to disrespect your idol. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You start to really like go against your idol and try to, or some people may say that it was an urge to surpass him and become a better artist, right? It's just like, yo, mm-hmm. and he said that in an interview um, called The Source in October, 2011, he was like, well, I just want to be better than Kanye. And I think he kind of, either both ways, some people take it like, yo, he's disrespecting his role model. But then again, he's a new artist just trying to level up from his inspiration. But with the beef, I really just feel like some news kind of like make it bigger than what it seems. You know what I'm saying? Like publishing articles, people just put in little words to kind of say things that the artist said, but they really didn't because think about it, the clout. People mm-hmm. love drama. That's what this world revolves around. So I really just think this is going to like blow over when this album drop. Everybody's going to hype it up. But it's just a war right now. You guys know rapper, rapper vitals and everything. So I just feel like, yo, this is just waiting for the albums to drop and see what they got to say about each other, really. Right. But it's been, yeah, it's been like a decade thing. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be, uh, it's going to escalate to the point where it's like, you know, back in the, uh, in the in the 90s with you know where where there was actual bloodshed and gun violence these are not the guys that are doing that the people in their camp are really not that that type they're not made up like that um but i do i, I you know you talk about clout chasing that is the the uh the, essentially what happens in in uh social media existence and and uh, you know where a lot of this is taking place all these little subliminal messages and things like that besides the lyrics, the recorded lyrics. And yeah, it's no coincidence that they both have albums that are gonna be dropped, uh, that are gonna be dropped, and um, that they are mentioning that they're, you know, drop dates and and things like that and not being changed and and whatever, that's no coincidence. Um, It it adds the intrigue, it adds to the drama and it makes it interesting for the fans, it makes it interesting for the general public who may not have even been fans at first, now they hear about it, now they're like, oh, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. I want to see what's going on. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to download it. You know, Dre, uh, Kanye was got into it with 50 years back when their right. albums right. were going to be dropping around on the same day. So yeah. that was a challenge. You know, I, I do feel like um, it, it happens not only in the rap game. It happens with, you know, it, the reverse happens, actually. You have... Um, someone who, two singers who will collaborate on a song and then suddenly maybe their their love interests, you know, or two actors who are who are going to have a movie come out. Now all of a sudden they're dating and they're in love. You know, it, it's it's all part of marketing, in my opinion. At right. least 99% of it is, and I think that this is part of that too. And, and you know, you also mentioned how... Um, Sometimes you want to challenge your idol. Kanye did the same thing with Jay-Z. He says, you know, I'm going to, you know, that's my brother. I'm going to have to beat my brother in order to be better. You know, so, you know, I I just feel that that's just, this is just another way to like drum up interest in two projects who, you know, uh, um, that are are coming up and, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Y'all heard the Summer 16 song. It was like, now I got a house in LA. Now I got a bigger pool than Ye. And look, Ye's pool is nice. Mine's just bigger what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been this. You know what I'm saying? They've both been going back and forth for a whole decade and stuff. So 
And, and mark, mark my words, once these albums drop, whoever has more, you know, uh, whoever has more downloads, more sales, regardless, um, right. it's all going to go away and they're going to be boys again and it's going to be great, you know, kumbaya right. all over again. That's, I really feel that way. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys. Like I said, it's just a coincidence, but we really don't even know when Kanye's album's supposed to drop because he keeps pushing it back. Right. So, he never knows when his album is going to drop either. So, you know, you know that's I mean? another thing. Yeah, he's too busy sleeping at in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium just looking after Drake. He's like, yo, Drake, when you going to drop Certified Lover Boy? And right. Drake was supposed to drop it actually earlier this year, and then he pushed it back because he said he wanted to change some things up on it before it was officially done. But like you said, it's all part of marketing one-on-one, you know, we reference me and Kyle references because we're sports addicts. NBA, we stand it stands for nothing but actors. Nobody really gonna <laughs> fight in the league when you see people breaking them up. It's all for you know show and tell. It's all for to get the crowd hype. There's probably a few players I would know that are down to get fisticuffs, like James Johnson. You know, what I mean Shaq will almost knock Charles Barkley's out with that right hand. But most of the times, man, there's not gonna be no, like you said, no bloodshed. It wasn't like the old hip hop back in the days where you actually come in with what you know with tools on them and you know stir some stir, stir some shit up. So I don't think it's nothing like that. But it it, it did kind of cross a line for him to actually post a screenshot of the man's location. Right. That's where you're like kind of crossing it a way too far, not a little, just way too far right. because. At the end of the day, you put in a man's safety at risk. You put in, you know, his well-being at risk. And Drake has a little son now that he has to take care of. You know, say if Drake is on tour at the recording studio, not in his home, and he does that, and then somebody comes and finds out uh, his address, comes and does something, robs him, and maybe does something to his son, God forbid, all because of that stupid beef that you wanted to put his, the man's address on social media. So, you know, obviously, I don't thank God nothing like that escalated to that point. And Drake's response, he just you know, was laughing at himself, uh, posted a, um, a story of him laughing uh, about it on IG Lab, on Instagram, excuse me, his Instagram story. But I'm just happy that that didn't escalate further because, again, you put a man's, you know, location out where he where he right. sleeps, eats, breathes, and, you know, probably has a home office in there. That's just calls for just way too much engagement. There's a lot of crazy people out there. So I think that is just crossing the line. But I really kind of think it stems back from, like you said, Kina, all the way back earlier when they were, I think they did a song together called Forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It was also there was not only the two of them, but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Little Wayne, Eminem, and stuff like that. I think it and, also. Yeah. And Ti. Mm-hmm, yeah, well, Ti. <laughs> and I think it also stems back. There's been rumors that like Drake apparently smashed um his wife, uh, smashed smashed Kanye's wife, Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. There was, I think it was a song called Scary Hour 2, and a lot of fans just started going crazy with that. And even he had a subliminal message. I think it was um with, uh what's that called? That song he made with Travis Scott, Sicko Mode, where he's like, oh, yeah, I crapped down the block. And then people started doing their research. And it's like, wait a minute, Drake's house in LA, he lives one block away from yeah. King, and then, you know, cut the lights. I was like, wow, you people got into that thing real deep. Damn. Right, so, right. you know, Bro, first of all, you got to think about how did what was one of the, the one pivotal moment where Kim Kardashian rose to fame? <laughs> <laughs> so the irony for she, what you said, <laughs> Ray J was there first. So, you know, I don't really think when you have millions of people around the world who have seen your ex-wife smashing. <laughs> <on the table. laughs> 
that you really need to worry about anything else and rumors and things like that. I mean, that's just me, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, um, and going back because I know Kim Kardashian. Speaking of her, she was really trying to defend Kanye during you know their marriage. You know, she's a wife and saying that yo Drake, don't be dissing it. There wouldn't be no Drake if it wasn't if it wasn't for Kanye. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, ultimately. By kind of facts, right? But then again, kind of Drake just kind of surpassed, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people would say like, hey, like, you know, Drake just is the newer rap um, gen generation where that he is the definition of what rap punchlines are about. Kanye got more into the gospel side, got into more of the, the, the real smooth out, not rapper type vibe. So it's kind of like, hey, what's... Was, is there really any competition? Some people would say, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Kanye West fans and Drake fans, you know what I'm saying? They would be on whoever's side based off who they're with, but let's just be real. You know what I'm saying? So. That's you know, Kenya, it's an interesting point. You, when you talk about uh, Kanye's new sound. Right. At least for the last couple of albums, you know, he might change again, but. Right. The, the, I say that because if you're in that Christian rap realm, why are you, doing this petty beef online kind of stuff and everything. That really should not be in your wheelhouse anymore if you're trying to rise above, so to speak, and and have, you know, a, a whole different type of outlook in terms of your material and what you're, what you're putting out there and the messages that you're putting out there. So that's, I, I'm wondering if Donda is going to be a new a change in direction, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, that's that's actually a good point, a good point to look at it, Kyle. And and going back to what you said, um, um, Kina, uh, with like the Drake and Kanye comparisons, where pretty much Drake has surpassed Kanye, and pretty much in the rap game in the industry, um, Drake right now I think is like the second most um most uh listening most listened artist on Spotify. I believe he has like fifty one, and Kanye is all the way down at thirty seven. And oh, wow. you know, if you want to look at the the network side, well, yeah, Kanye is a billionaire because he has a whole bunch of endorsement deals. Obviously, his big one with Adidas and other other companies that he's working with. But Drake, in terms of moving the charts and and album sales and and solo songs, like he is, he will get you an instant hit like that. I believe he did a song with some new up and coming artist name was Smiley. His part, not Drake's part, the 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 smiley guy's part was just downright shitty. It was terrible. Yes. But the man, and I looked at his numbers, the smiley guy had about like one million monthly listeners on Spotify. After he did that feature with Drake, he jumped all the way to about eight million. So Drake gave him seven more million monthly listeners off a two-verse feature. But think about how much it costs him to have Drake appear on there. I mean, Jeez. listen, pretty sure it wasn't a favor. Yeah, that's a true. That, yeah. That's right. probably a man's whole life savings. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. Oh, for a real, man. Artists don't play about their value, especially on features and stuff. So, <laughs> But again, you mean to tell me that whatever, how much he paid, it was a hefty price. Look at the results that he got from it. You know, I mean, I think he's right now is at like 10 monthly muscles just because of that feature he had with Drake. So it was like, you get what you pay for. Shoot. Exactly. Hey, for real. Exactly. So you attach anything featuring Drake, you going to get them hits. The views are going to go skyrocket. So, you know, <laughs> I think we could all agree that this is just for publicity. Two albums coming out the same time. They just want people talking about it, which is real because they don't really need it. They're both well established into the game. But, you know, marketing genius is one on one. Right. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
All right. All right. All right, guys. That was a good topic. So the next topic we're going to talk about here on the Talk That Smoke podcast. Um, so this is something I'll, I kind of want to talk about in the first episode, um, which was um, toxic culture online social media so you know this like toxic cancel culture and pretty much you know me and kina and kyle's into this too it's mainly on twitter every time where a person does something makes a mistake especially celebrity figure you know cancel culture all of a sudden wants to go and tweet bad things about him say oh i'll never listen to this person again or this person needs to be exiled from the community and erased from society so what do you guys think on the toxicity of cancel culture um, on social media, mainly Twitter and uh, Instagram? Mm. Mm. You can go first this time. Sorry. Right. <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Well, go ahead. You know, I was just reading the other day uh, an interview in a magazine, a publication uh, with this, uh, this major TikTok talent by the name of Noah Beck. And he, he said one thing that really uh, kind of struck me. And I don't want to take it out of context, but he basically said, um, no one ever really is canceled, canceled culture. It's really more like they're just, you know, put on pause, basically. No, it's more in his exact words. But the point he was trying to get across was that there's always a redemption story. And it's interesting because you know, you, you always have, you always want to, the general public, and this has been going on for years. I mean, the term cancel culture now is, is, you know, a, a, you know, buzz phrase and hot topic, but it's been going on that mentality, that practice has been going on for generations because, you know, particularly in the entertainment industry, you want to build somebody up. You love a success story. You love a good success story, but then you want to find something that wrong, something wrong. There's got to be something wrong. So you must have said something or done something or whatever. I'm, I'm waiting for you to say or do something wrong. And then when it happens, you want to tear them down. And then everyone loves a good comeback story. So it's like, wow, you know, even if you don't like this person all that much or whatever, you're like, well, you know, I, I, let's, let me see. I can't stand them. And I want to see where this goes. How are they going to get back now? Now I'm intrigued. You know, so cancel culture i mean you know there's some people in my opinion that don't deserve to be let back in the room you know i mean but i think ultimately it's a it's a cycle where you know you you lay low for a little bit after you get canceled and then you slowly work your way back in one way or another whether you take a different route or whatever the case may be and people at least are curious as to where you're going to take it even if they still want you to be canceled so I don't know. Maybe it's a matter of not being totally canceled. Maybe you're just put on pause. I don't know. But Right. I, I mean, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Like in the past few years, you know, the idea that a person like can be canceled, like, you know what I'm saying? Like can be canceled. In other words, like culturally blocked from having a prominent public platform or career, you know, has become like very like polarizing. I feel like it's a very topic of bit of the topic debate, topic of debate. I'm sorry, like a controversy. You know how like a lot of controversy, like a you know pro life, pro choice. It just become of that. And I just feel like a celebrity or other public figure like does or says something offensive, a public backlash often fueled by like aggressive, like politically aggressiveness from social media. Like, it's just, it's just something like celebrity, let's just put it out there. Celebrities really rule the social media realm, hmm. point blank, period. 
And like we said, there's Drake fans, there's Kanye, Kanye West fans. Yes, we have bag wagons, just like the NBA has bag wagons, bandwagons, I should say. Um, the same way in the social media realm. So it's just like, this, this, it's just like, it never was a thing, I feel like, until social media really started to boom. And now COVID, you know, everybody just online swiping and everything. Like, they have <laughs> nothing else better to do, right? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, they have so much time to have to cancel out torture cancel out culture and also to just find reasoning because they have nothing else to do you know what I'm saying and I just that's just what I feel about that you know like too many people this process of like publicly calling for accountability and boycotting if nothing else seems to work all these things are just like a way of combating you know through collective action I feel like it's just like going back and forth just like another thing about clout chasing I feel like it's just like people just want attention <laughs> social media is all about attention grabbing and who who this and because think about it the most attention you get more money influencer right mm -hmm. like there's these crates thing like y'all been seeing these crates bro like <laughs> yeah bro that's making crazy. <laughs> so much money off of just like crazy. videos and it's just like come on you know what i'm saying so that's how i feel about that just like kind of just culture is just always on social media and just wanting something to do wanting something to just cancel anyway you know there's always it's like the law of polarity what goes up must come down there's good there's evil so, you know, it's just, it's just meant to be like that. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like a balance in this world. So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. You guys both said really good points. Um, I think just cancel culture just come from really Generation Z because of their access to social media. Like we really, like us growing up, well, say us, I consider myself a millennial, even though the official <laughs> charts say I'm part of Gen Z because I was born in 97, but that's a right. topic for a different day. But it's just really with the, the Gen Z's all social media mindset of this constant attention. Like, oh, my God, I don't like what you said. So I'm going to, you know, shun you out of society and say mean tweets about you. I'm just like, I'll read. That's how, like, far we've really come down as a society. Like, and I look at two examples. Chris Brown in the incident back in 2009. Now, yes, if today, if that happened, the man would have been obliterated because social media, <laughs> it wasn't as present, as strong as right. it was as it is right now and i just got the running out of time feature here so um you know we're gonna make a part two of that but um so like i was talking about with the chris brown situation so man man damn near almost beat a woman to death in rihanna obviously domestic violence at its highest and he should have gotten the full severe brunt of it but he was able to bounce back from it that's a feel-good story you know what i mean bounce back his career I believe it went on multiple, multiple platinum runs and stuff like that. And people kind of forgave him for that. And now you look at now with the whole Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion situation, you know, apparently Tory mm. reportedly shot Meg in the foot. Um, you know, she had to get surgery to remove the bullets. Tory said he didn't do it, said, well, how you get shot in the foot? I didn't hit no type of college, blah, 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 whatsoever. And look how Tory Lanez bounced back from it. People forgot about it now because remember, Tory Lanez just posted on Instagram. He sold one million copies. I believe it was a single album in a minute. And he's not signed to any label. So it was like, you say you're going to shun this person and cancel them and give them all types of hate for the action that they did. Yet, I believe it was what a year after the, the Meg uh, situations in the in the car, he sells out one million in less than a minute. So, are you just saying that to follow a trend because everybody else is saying, "Yeah, well, you hate him, we hate him too. You hate her, yeah, we're gonna hate her too. We're gonna bash her online, and then come down the line a couple months to a year later, you forget about it, and it's like, oh well, you know, I support their music now. I love them. 
and even when Tor Lanes back to the Tor Lanes incident with the whole Meg the Stallion thing when he shot shot her in the foot reportedly, everybody started muting his um, music on on Spotify. Screenshots like, well. I don't listen to short guys anyway, or screw Tory. <laughs> fuck, like I'm just like, yeah, they were saying that. <laughs> the girl's like, I don't listen to short guys anyway. Mute, and then it's like, but he sell, he sold a million copies in a minute. So it's like, did you just do that just to follow a trend, just to be a hypocrite, or you actually don't do? You actually decide to shun them out and cancel them. And it's like, you cancel somebody, you know, for the time being because everybody else is doing it, and then give it a couple months. Everybody's going to forget the whole situation happened and forgive you. That's how I look at a cancel culture. I think it's just a trend, a, a trendsetter just to follow trends because everybody else is doing it. And people just, you know, don't have no guts to say, you know what, guys, this person made a mistake. We're going to forgive them because we've done that to plenty of artists before. Just the two examples I had, Chris Brown and um, Tory Lanez. I think it's yeah, a combination. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like the Bible. What I mean by that is like, you can put the microphone. Thank you. Um, I was gonna say, like the Bible. It just says, you know, I'm really into that kind of stuff too. It's just like, why? Because Jesus, you know, came and was just like, somebody put like somebody a girl that committed adultery to him, right? And he was like, have you not sinned yourself? Hmm. Why are you bringing her that sin, but you have sinned as well? Yes. And people need to understand that before you go and judge somebody else and before you go cancel somebody else side, look at yourself and what are you not even admitting that you canceled out within yourself? Yes. But people are quick to cancel out somebody else, right? Like look at the, you know, Shikari Richardson situation. Like yeah. let's step away from the music industry, but let's get into the athletics. Yeah. She was a beast, that girl, black culture, right? Black girl, woman, power, blah, blah, blah. And then she comes in ninth place and everybody's like- Forgot about her. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now it's it's the defeat of morality now because we already know we're in the age of where black culture is fighting. You know what I'm saying? We're we're dominating, you know, and really fighting for our rights and fighting for that support from our fellow black peers. But then when it comes to her losing, we fold. How does that a representation of black culture mm. being together, mm-hmm. being unified, right? So you are you spitting right now. Go ahead. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just ahead. saying it's just it's just too much. Like it's just like we we want to scream this black culture, and that's what that's another really deep, deep topic we can get into for hours. But it's just like, <laughs> let's be real. Cancel culture needs to stop, you know, saying one thing of morality and saying, Oh, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm gonna fight for, and then fold when it actually comes to a situation where hey, actually they're losing, actually, they're not in a good place. Uh-huh. And you can say, yeah, I still believe. I still know they're going to be better next time. You know what I'm saying? And it's just that cancel culture, right. like you said. It's just a whole a whole shenanigan right now. And just like people need to check themselves before they wreck themselves. You know, that's how yeah. they say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I think it's a combination of bandwagon effect and short attention span. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's all I can say about that. Yeah. Like, no, facts. Facts. No, you, you, yeah, I feel like we, we agree on everything that we're, we're saying in terms of cancel culture. Like I said, it's just mainly a trend for people to follow because it's cool to just shun somebody out of society. And like Kyle, you said, you know, do some people need to be like exiled because of the action that they did? Of course, going back to example, I'm going to tie it into sports. Uh, Donald Sterling, his racist comments. Um, I believe he was uh, recorded. Didn't know that he was being recorded. And he said some mean thing, you know, some racist things about Magic Johnson and other black players that he had on the team. And remember, this man's a billionaire. So you're a billionaire pay, pay, paying these players 
millions of dollars to perform for you on the court and yet you want to call them back like we're like come on slavery like we're going back to slavery days uh, i think he called them monkey stuff like that i don't really want to paraphrase but it was just <laughs> disgusting and i bet you if he knew he was recorded he would have paid as much money as he can for that for that tape to not be released because he wanted to keep his image now look what happened and he keep his and keep his team. Now look what happened. He shunned from the NBA, was forced to sell, forced to sell his team, and he could never ever allowed at an NBA sporting event ever again. And I believe other you know organizations did the same thing too. It was like, oh, we see that guy Donald Sterling. You know, he can't let him come. I mean, I don't know what their jurisdiction is in terms of doing that, but it would be a bad look on you to say. NFL, oh, you know what this guy did? Yeah, he, he number one, he pays all the back players, but he was calling them monkeys and saying racist stuff towards them. Why are you letting this guy in to your events while he's watching other black male athletes perform? He's going to have something to say, you know what I mean? Some bad things to say about them. So it just would be a negative, you know, perception to see him attend other events. I'm not, you know, that's if they want to, whatever policy that they have, but that that's just my perception of that. So, you know, other things like that. Um, what other people have come back from quote unquote cancel culture? Um, I already said Tory Lanez, Chris Brown. Uh, well, guys, think of something. I'm trying to think of something that's like recent. Recent, yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned the athletic Chicago. That's a big one. I'm telling y'all. Yeah. That big, big. Um, what else can I really think of? I would just say. Um, oh. Another thing, the Boosie thing with him being homophobic, right? Yeah. Coming out um, with him going, attacking Dwayne Wade's daughter, mm-hmm. you know, at a moment in time. Right. And everybody was just like, oh, and he came off and said that he wasn't, you know, that's how he wanted, that's how they want to raise, you know, their kid, blah, blah, blah. But then everybody just backlash and like, keep going at him, right? And Boosie is a well-known rapper. This man has been in the industry before, probably before I was even born. Like, let's just be real. And I'm 20 years old, so... He's been in the industry for a while now. And it's just like, okay, now it comes to realize like, hey, there is people that are gay, lesbian, bi that support Boosie. So now there's a thing where, okay, now he's predicted to be or whoever knows homophobic. And that's also canceled out going to the morality of the situation. Okay, so I'm this person. I classify, you know, as lesbian, bi, whatever. And the person I look up to the most for years in the music industry is said to be homophobic mm-hmm. that's being put in a tough situation right now you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and it's just like now people have to kind of sway away from the cancel culture but also let's think of the positive of it sometimes we have to put cancel culture into it because of the fact that it affects who we are what our beliefs our concepts mm-hmm. you know so it is not cancel culture as a bad thing but it can be a, a beneficial thing you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying as to protecting our peace yeah, and I'm going to say before you go, Kyle, hold that thought because we got about like 30 seconds left on this Zoom commercial call. <laughs> so we're going to take a commercial break, guys. All right, we're going to have a PSA in. If anybody wants to sponsor us, let us know. Hit me up. We're going to be back, we're going to be back with part two of this podcast, continuing with the topic of cancel culture on social media and affecting people's lives. Stay tuned.